0: Thousands of years ago, they were Apollo, Zeus, Ares. Now they're Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and the other heroes and villains of DC and Marvel Comics. Let's get heroic. Welcome to Under Two Capes, the podcast for the comic book fan. Welcome to Under Two Capes. I am Jared, and today... I know I said we were going to talk about the Snyder um, on DVD. I'm saving that for tomorrow. Today, I happened to see the movie Shang-Chi uh, and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, all right. I've been pretty vocal on this show leading up to the release that I wasn't exactly that, that like excited for this movie because it's like not really a big character and all that. So... I went into this movie with lower than typical expectations. Now, the thing is, I could not have been more wrong cuz this movie was fantastic. Like really 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 good. Way more than I than way more than I was expecting. So, I'm not going to go into the plot at all because um, this is going to be my spoiler free review. Just so that uh, I'm going to try and keep this as spoiler free as possible. So it gives you guys more time to go see it before Lad and I do a spoiler version of the review. Hopefully, I'd say Wednesday or so, we should be doing it. Now, let me talk about what I liked. I like the main character, I like Shang-Chi, but played by Simu Liu. I felt he was a good um, protagonist, and particularly, um, I'm not sure if this is a spoiler, but but like how his father, yeah, his father is the ma- is the Mandarin, and I really liked how they sort of play off that dynamic in the movie. Also, I felt the whole. Okay, I'm trying to figure out how to how to keep this uh, I'm trying to t- talk about what I can talk about. Well first off, I like the idea about uh, how many characters they brought in because they brought in Wong Abomination. few the surprises that I'm going to not, t- not talk about uh, until Lad comes on. But uh, so let's see what else. Uh, I liked Aquafina's character who's Katie. she was hilarious. So basically all the characters were great. Now here's the thing. I've been pretty vocal about not liking Black Panther. Now the question is, why did I like this movie so much? But not like Black Panther. I think here's the reason why. I, I know we're having this conversation in the car ride back to the back to the house. So I think it's because Black Panther was too overtly political to the point where it just turned me off. I'm one of those people that's like, I, I like I, you can put politics in movies but you could do it in such a way that's not like ham-fisted in your face, like, yeah, this, this, this. Like what the X-Men do. The X-Men are still considering gold standard of, of social justice in comics and pop culture, I think. This movie was that. It wasn't Black Panther. Falcon and Soldier was ki- kind of leaned into more of the, uh, uh, kind of lean more political, but I still think less political than um, than Black Panther, and that's probably why I like that show so much too. But um, so yeah, this movie was not that political at all. Way less political than I thought it was going to be, honestly. So I was like, "Oh, okay, this is cool. I like this." So that's majorly why I enjoyed this movie so much more than uh, Black Panther. So moving on to the visual effects, the visual effects were like, ne- they, they were the ones that are worthy of a Marvel movie. Let me put it that way. This movie was definitely done by Marvel because there's no way that they, they could have gotten that awesome um, that awesome level of visual effects, realisticness, and detail. Realisticness is my word. Uh, um, if you hadn't done, if, if it were from anyone other than Marvel. DC could do it. But I think, be, but you know what I'm trying to say, it's it's visual effects that are worthy of Marvel. And I liked how it, um, I liked how, so I like how honestly, a lot of superhero movies are bringing out sort of obscure-ish characters and giving them their time to shine. Because here's the thing, I've been pretty vocal during the MCU that, I'm tired of just seeing Iron Man, Captain America, Thor movies. Like really, really tired at this point. That's why I was like, oh, okay, they're doing more obscure characters. Like Eternals looks freaking dope as hell. I saw that they played a trailer for doing Shane of I also, and that's why I I think I like this movie too. And Suicide Squad. I like James Gunn's Suicide Squad. Because here's the thing about comic books being existing for so long. They have su- these this diverse cast of characters that don't get enough attention. Like, all we hear about is Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Captain America, Thor, Iron Man, the Avengers and the Justice League. That's it. And a few villains. But with, like, char- characters in the Suicide Squad, like Polka Dot Man, uh Ratcatcher 2, Bloodsport, they really, like... Dug into the well to get like really obscure characters. And the cool part about using obscure characters like Shane Chi and this, because since, okay, since they're not as famous or well known, now, okay, this is going to sound bad, but just bear with me. Since they're not as like, well, like, uh, since they're not as light in the general audience, what I mean by light is that they're not like these icons like Superman. It gives you more creative freedom on what you want to do with the character, which that's that's why I do like when they occasionally throw in an obscure. Plus the fact the obscure characters oftentimes, if done right, can become like mainstream, like look at the MCU. Started with Iron Man. And when Iron Man was announced, they were like, oh, boy, Marvel rolls out the B team. And guess what happened? We had Iron Man one. Fantastic movie. I feel like Shang-Chi is going to be that for this new generation, and it's cool how now the Avengers are going to be made up of like really like of the of obscure ish characters. So it's not like the characters you would expect. So you got and now so far we have confirmed Captain America, uh, Sam Wilson, maybe Bucky Barnes, Shang-Chi, Bruce Banner, Captain Marvel. Kamala Khan, Dr. Strange, and Spider-Man. Very different. Thor, I wouldn't count yet because as you saw at the end of Endgame, he's with the Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'm not really gonna count him yet. I think he's taking a little break from Earth. But anyway, I really like what they're doing. And then there was a rumor coming out that Journey Smollett's Black Canary is gonna lead the new Justice League if Warner Brothers doesn't do Zack Snyder part two, decides to do it concurrently. So, and, and uh, uh, the rumored roster is all like obscure characters, except for like there'd be like Batgirl, Supergirl, uh, Black Canary. I would say there'd be a mix of men and women instead of just Wonder Woman being the only girl. Which uh, I guess I can I can go with that. I like seeing different characters get the spotlight. Honestly, even though I like all the really big characters, but because it's like that way they get uh, at least give these characters a chance to see if they can connect with audiences because it happened with iron man happened with captain america happened with thor they were not nearly as popular as they are today pre uh uh, pre-mcu and look at them now same things i think the same thing's gonna happen with shang chi it's getting great critical reception and so far it's making it's making bank it's doing pretty pretty well pretty successful financially so i really think we could have a hit on our hands and then he becomes like a mainstream marvel more of a mainstream marvel character and he was kind of in jonathan hickman's avengers run but he never really took off uh so let's see what else now okay so uh, and also this is gonna be a good experiment because remember this is the first movie that's gonna be it's gonna be on disney plus 45 days later meaning 45 days from now it's gonna be on to disney plus so they're not doing the simultaneous release they're gonna release this on disney plus 45 days later which i'm like that should have been the way it's been done from the beginning give the movie theaters their chance to grow which i'm glad they're doing this so according to rotten tomatoes let's look at the rotten Tomatoes score for shang chi i'm pulling that up real quick and I got a brief glimpse at the Rotten Tomato score, and it it deserves it. Let me see here. Okay, Shane Chen, The Legend of the Ten Rings. Let me see what we got here. Ninety two and a ninety eight. Yeah, but I would say that's accurate. I like it a lot. Uh, no, now, okay. I'm aware that that as the as the ratings get in, this changes. Um, this changes. Uh, the 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 ratings kind of vacillate, but so far let's see 10,000 verified ratings 98% that's pretty t- solid and like 262 reviews for the uh, tomato meter and it's like 92 yeah that's pretty solid i think it's good i think it's a, it, i think it's a hit it's definitely a hit yeah i like that so i i i honestly do think that at some point yeah they they already announced that he's on the the avengers kind of so in the trailer so we already have our, our second avengers i like what they're doing because i kind of feel like i'm watching the mcu from the beginning now because now we're getting the avengers assembling and they kind of did that at the end of this movie i'm not gonna like spoil it but uh so let's see what else can we talk about i, I i'm trying to be very careful about what i say about this movie well let's see um because I'm waiting until Lad comes on. Uh, because next did this coming Wednesday is gonna be our spoiler review. if Lad sees the movie because as you well know, he is very slow on in terms of watching stuff. so it's it can get kind of uh, kind of annoying. But let's see what else can what else can I talk about here? I, I like, I, I mentioned the visual effects. I liked how they use the ten rings. I didn't mind that they changed it so their bracelets instead of the actual finger rings. because I was like, yeah, the, it, it, this makes it more on par with the level of like suspension of disbelief that's required for a Marvel movie because it'd be too much to say these magical rings that I put on all ten my fingers because it, it, it wasn't. An, and then it would look kind of like a ripoff of the Infinity Gauntlet. So I, I'm pretty happy with the way they managed the, the ten rings. Moving on,
1: let's see. Um, I'm seeing a lot of stuff talking about
0: how it adds diversity to the uh, to the a- a- MCU cast. So I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. I definitely like that because I like seeing a bunch of di- different perspectives. I, I like, honestly, people being able to see themselves in their characters. So uh, I definitely see the value in that, and I, I definitely I like the music too. The music was very good. It's very on theme, and then it's very emotional. Let's see. Let me read a rotten uh, a rotten score just just so I can see if I can respond to this. Okay, this superhero origin story features some creative choreo- choreographed over the top martial arts mayhem, while sacrificing much of its character depth and relevant cultural context along the way. I think what this person is saying is that it didn't get political enough. So I'm like, yeah, not. I disagree with you on that one. Aided by a familiar performance from Hong Kong, superstar Tony Lang, a director, this guy, doesn't quite remake the Marvel wheel as much as he enlivens it with kinetic charming and surprising heartfelt Shang-Chi. Yeah. And and that's another thing. It didn't really feel like a carbon... It felt like they took the formula that um, made the MCU, and then improved it a, a little better. Uh, and, and then improved it. So I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty dope. I like what they're doing with that. So next, uh, let's see, what else can I bring up here? Because I'm trying to be, very again, I'm trying to be very careful that I bring up uh, that, that I only cover like, like what's not considered a spoiler so let's see let's look at the cast let's see if i can bring up that so okay so here's what i'm going to try and say okay i uh, oh and also this movie had the appropriate amount of marvel humor too it wasn't like joss whedon's justice league humor which i, I i've called that the avengers but reskinned as justice league members but it it wouldn't even fit in an Avengers movie. It'd be too much. There's a reason why Joss Whedon does not direct Avengers movies anymore, besides the fact that the dude's a, tur- a total turd. But this this movie and... Um, and uh, um, the Snyder Cut. I'm not talking about the Snyder Cut right now, but I'm saying this movie definitely includes the proper amount of humor in order for it to, like... to not take itself seriously because it's a superhero movie, but also not be a total joke. I think that's really really important for that to happen. So otherwise it's like why am I why am I watching this? All right, so now now what I'm going to do is we are going to do a little research into Shang-Chi's character history because that's the purpose of this YouTube channel ultimately. It's to provide provide the viewer with with like a background information whenever there's a marvel movie this is what we're going to do from now whenever there's a marvel movie coming out we are going to do an episode talking about the characters in that movie just that way we can provide you with more of a like informational resource and keep the content relevant to what's coming out today then occasionally we'll do for fun episodes that we want to that we want to um it's It's that it and we'll definitely occasionally do episodes that we really want to talk about just for fun. But a lot of the times, this channel is going to focus on content that's coming out just that way we can keep it relevant. So, we're going to do Shang-Chi or 616. We are going, I'm going to share my screen so you guys can look at it with me. All right. So, Shang-Chi or 616. So, we're going to work with let's go with the early life history. Shang-Chi was raised to become a deadly assassin by his father, the immortal crime lord and sorcerer Fu Manchu. However, Shang-Chi became aware of his father's evil nature and defected after his first assignment. He then began to attack various elements of his father's criminal empire and allied himself with his father's archenemy, Dennis Nayland smith and MI6. In retaliation, Fu Manchu sent a number of assassins to kill him. Other issues, his travels. Shang Chi um, led him to meet a number of other martial artists and superheroes around the world. He met his rival Cat and teamed up with Iron Fist, Jack of Hearts, and White Tiger to take down the corporation. After years of playing at games of deceit, Shang Chi retired from the espionage world. He was surfaced to assist his old friends from MI six against the Sea Fan Ninjas. He did a lot of espionage work, particularly in Jonathan Hickman's run, because there's this scene where where um, the Avengers send like all their covert operators, uh, operations guys and girls into like a casino to to get close to a bunch of AIM people. It's really cool. So Marvel Knights, when Daredevil wanted a task force to help him finally capture the Punisher and make him face legal justice, good luck bro. Shang-Chi became part of that group. The martial artists assisted Daredevil, Black Widow and their allies against the Punisher and several other threats before the group went their separate ways. So I'm gonna like skip around right now. Let me see if they have Jonathan Hickman's run real quick. Oh, Okay, here we go. After the events of Avengers versus X-Men, which is around the time that Jonathan Hickman's Avengers run started, Captain America and Iron Man wanted to make a a new, bigger, stronger Avengers team. Shane Chi was among the first heroes to be chosen for this new initiative. He then accepted an offer from Captain America and saw saw it as an opportunity to challenge himself. Although Stark acknowledged Shang as an extraordinary hand-to-hand combatant, he wanted to take advantage of Shang's mastery of traditional weaponry and provided him with pers- and providing him with, with personal equipment. That's cool. During a mission on Mars, several core members of the Avengers were captured by by the Garden, leaving Captain America to assemble the rest of the team to mount a counterattack. Shang, Shang was among the many heroes who joined the assault on Mars. Um, a part of the rescue effort to achieve their companions. During the battle, he faced off against the world-raising robot Aleph and critically damaged its left leg. Although the damage was eventually self-repaired. Aleph is shortly destroyed by Tamara DeVoe, Captain Marvel. Okay, Captain Marvel. She was there too. Captain Universe, but the robot refused to stand down. The Avengers eventually triumphed over the garden and allow them to continue their purpose on Mars, granting they leave Earth alone for good. Short while later, Shang was asked by Rogers and started to interview the new Captain Universe and find out the purpose of her presence. Shang felt it very appropriate to speak with with the Uni Power's host. Tamara Devereux lured her out with pie. Using meditative techniques, he helped uh, piece together Tamara's traumatizing past. It was revealed afterwards that the Uni Power manifested at the time because of Earth's pivotal role in the events to come. And it shows Tamara as the host because she was dying, much like the universe itself. Later on, Shang and a team of Avengers went to a casino in Macau to investigate AIM activities. While following his own leads, Shang was attacked by ninjas led by a mysterious armored figure. After utilizing a pair of electrified nunchaku provided by Stark, Shang defeated their leader and took his helmet as a souvenir. He revealed to his teammates that AIM was betting to hire mercenaries and that the insidious organization was preparing a large-scale conflict. So now I'm moving down. Let's look at his power set, his powers. So he's a martial artist. He's one of the greatest martial artists on earth, hasn't been trained possibly since birth to become the ultimate warrior. Okay, it's dope. Skilled gymnast, peak physical conditioning, skilled marksman. He is shang as a a masterworks, able to throw a range weapons such as shuriken, throwing stars with pinpoint accuracy. That's dope. Weapon proficiency. Shang is highly skilled with all martial arts weaponry, such as the Chinese double-edged sword, the Jian, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, butterfly swords, oxtail swords, staves, and both single and double nunchaku. He has often made use of makeshift weapons as well, using metal pipes and even a tree trunk. That's dope! nervous system control. Shanker controls his nervous system, enabling him to, to deafen his body to physical pain, res- resist the effects of drugs or poisons, limit the spread of toxins in his bloodstream, and even slow down his bleeding rate. This dude's a badass. Jeez. Pressure point indicator. He can locate different pressure points on a person's body, incapacitate, paralyze, severely injure, or kill a person. So he's like Karnak from The Inhumans. Espionage, yeah, he, he's a spy. Philosopher, is extensive knowledge of Eastern philosophy, patient fisher, he's a skilled fisherman, okay. He's multilingual, his physical strength. He, is, he possesses uh, the strength, level of a man of his age, size, and weight who engages in intensive regular exercise. He can lift at least twice his body weight or 350 pounds. Through his chi, however, he can temporarily increase his physical strength to an unknown amount. So he, he, his armor... Is a uniform is provided to him by the Five Weapons Society, and then he'll have all these different weapons. That is dope. That is really cool. He can spread. He can slow the spread of poisons. That is so awesome. Let's go to trivia. Although Shane Chi was was uniquely a Marvel creation, many of its supporting characters, included Fu Manchu, Faustus, Se, and Sir De- Dennis Neil and Smith, were actually a, the creation of early twentieth century novelist Sa- Sax Romer. Fu Manchu and, De- and Dennis Nolan Smith made their literary debuts in the 1916 novel, The Insidious Dr. Fu Manchu. In 1995, Marvel almost outsourced the production of a line of four interconnected series to Milestone Media. Milestone, was that the DC company? Shang-Chi was, go- was going to be one of these books. The pitch of the story, written by Dwayne McDuffie, yes, it's the DC, consists of Shang-Chi traveling the globe to dismantle his father's criminal empire and also aiding fire... Uh, also adding firearms to his combat repertoire. The entire project fell apart since McDuffie had arranged it with Tom DeFalco and Mark Grunwald. DeFalco would soon uh, be, would be soon replaced as editor-in-chief and Grunwald would pass away a year later. Rest in peace, bro. Mark Grunwald was one of the people that like built the Squadron Supreme. shang Shi is a, uh, identifies himself as a a a, a person who's was on the, uh, the path toward Bu- Buddhahood but has not attained it. Oh, he's a body sattva. I remember this in my religion and world politics class. So, yeah, that's so far where we have a Shane Chiel. I'm going to go to a different list. Let's see. Go to marvel.com for the characters. Let's see. Uh, In comics, full report. Let's see what Marvel says about him. I have my issues with the way Marvel rates characters, but okay, so let's see. Four in durability, three on energy, uh, seven on fighting skills. Yep, that's about it. Remember, this is out of seven. Four on in intelligence, I think it's more intelligent than that. Four in speed, three in strength. What? You live twice, I guess, compared to like Hulk. So I guess so. So education privately tutored by various martial arts masters. His place of origin is the Fortress in Henan, People's Republic of China. Let's see. Hannah combatant, his allies. Shang-Chi has grown close to several people in his life, most of them secret agents and the like, um, such as Smith, Smith's operative Black uh, Blackjack Tar, Lakey Wu, Clive Reston and Juliet. In the case of Smith, the martial artist looked upon a man as a surrogate father to replace his own sinister sire. Though allegedly unflinching his emotion, Shang struck up romances with Lyco and Juliet, but neither of them le- lasted. His friendships with Tar and Ristam Popo start off from rocky ground due to being thrown together in their mutual pursuit of destroying Shang's father's enterprises. But as time wore on the bonds uh, strengthened and the, to, to the point, this is very, like, not grammatically w- written well. What are you doing, Marvel? to the point of agreement on a shared path where they grew disillusioned with the world secrets emissions. missions. Shang-Chi has also worked well with several uh, of Earth's costume champions, perhaps foremost among them Spider-Man and Captain America. Oh yeah, I think, so in Spider Island, and uh, we covered that in the previous episode, and a previous episode, uh, I'll link to that in the video if I can remember to do that, where so Spider-Man loses his spider sense. I think it's because J. Jonah Jameson puts up like jammers all over the city. And Shang Chi teaches Spider-Man how to fight without his spider sense. So let's see. What else can we talk about here? And then crossing paths with firebrand characters. he crossed paths with Domino while she seeks answers to her past, as well as the X-Men once more. Most likely never gave him the finish line. Okay, so let's see this.
1: Uh,
0: oh here's he interesting Surprising. he also accepted Avengers membership offered to him by Captain America and Iron Man we talked about that but when exposed to so called incursion radiation mutated into a monstrous form upon regaining normas- normalcy Shang was held captive by Hydra during the time of evil Captain America's rise to power in the United States and subsequently joined the underground resistance movement to oppose him so that's where he was during Secret Empire that's dope so, Shane chi is very interesting. So, in which case, it's criminal that they haven't done more with these characters. Like, really, really criminal. I'm like, come on, guys. You tell me you had a badass character like this? And you never really did anything big with him? You're telling me that all this time, you had such a badass character like Shane chi you just left him in the in the uh shadows like that because let's face it Cheng Chi previous to this movie was not that well known of a character he will be now i think he will be but you're telling me that you didn't want to do anything with him you see why i have trouble respecting these uh these organiz- these uh studios because they have all these issues that that they co- do all this stuff that makes you seriously doubt their their desire to make money
1: i'm like oh come on guys
0: now let's see so i'm trying to figure out what else can we talk about because okay so i talked about the music talked about the special effect. okay so one more about the special effects Actually, no, this would be a spoiler, so I'm not going to do that. I did like the costumes, though. I felt like his armor was super... I like the black and red motif. Those of you that know me know that I love my black and red suits on characters. That's why I love the black suit Superman. I love... uh, Those are my Halo colors. Whenever I play Halo, I throw in the black and red. I love when Iron Man uses a black and red suit, because that has happened before. So, let's see. Um... Let's see what uh, I'm trying to see. What else can we talk about? Because there's not much that I can talk about without spoiling it.
1: Um,
0: let me see. Um, I guess for right now, that seems like a good place to leave the shang Chi discussion because I don't want to. That's about all I can say without spoiling it. So I'm gonna wait until Lad comes on, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about it in much more detail we'll be able to give you guys a spoiler free review i mean spoiler full review and uh, so uh, but i'm not going to end the episode right now because we still got stuff i want to talk about chiefly among them we're going to talk about something that i noticed okay i don't think okay um let's see so the injustice movie trailer came out we're going to transition and Oh, boy, does that look brutal. So I'm going to talk about two trailers, actually. The Injustice one, and then this Aquaman King of Atlantis BS. All right, so first I'm going to talk about the good thing. Actually, you no, know I'm going to talk about the, uh, the Aquaman trailer first, just so I can, like, end on a high note. So Aquaman, it makes him a joke again. I'm like, come on, guys. We literally waited so long for Aquaman not to be a joke anymore. When you do this. This is the stupidest thing I have ever, you know what, I'm gonna share my screen so you can see this. Look at
1: this. Stop
0: make. Stop using this animation style, it's terrible. This is supposed to be standalone episodes, they'll have a unique storyline following the adventures of Aquaman as protector of the Deep. Oh my gosh. Executive producer is James Wan, really. I mean, it could be good, but because uh, it's James Wan, but I'm like, oh. Three-part event where we begin with Aquaman's first day in job, on the job as a king, and he's got a lot of catching up to do. Oh, my gosh. Let's see. On the heels of one of our inspirations, where certain the kids and family programming. Yeah, this is dumb. I am not going to watch this, so don't ask. I don't want to see in the comments. Please Give us your thoughts on Aquaman, on Aquaman, King of Atlantis. I'm not watching this. I will refuse. This is the one thing I won't watch, okay? Now, I'll show you what I will watch, though. Let me pull this up real quick. Now, I am going to be able to talk about this little beauty. Let me see. I want to see how much uh, I want to get a good article on the trailer for Injustice. All right. Game Informer. All right. So I will do this. We're talking about a Game Informer article on the Injustice animated movie. All right. I'm not going to play the trailer. So are you ready for another Injustice experience? Because there's been like so many. Not that I'm complaining because I love it. Inspired by the games, the upcoming animated superhero movie will see the Justice League members once more going toe-to-toe in a world gone mad alongside Superman after being tricked into killing his lady love Lois. Injustice challenges comic and gaming fans to take a hard look at what happens when our heroes go to war with one another. In a new look, courtesy of IGN, the trailer at the top of the article gives us a closer feel at what the upcoming film will have to offer inspired by the hit game from another realm studios and best-selling DC graphic novel, the injustice trailer shows off exactly what happens when it's Superman himself. That becomes what he despises the most. The question is, however, is uh, it, the question It is, however, th- this is a poorly written article. The question is, however, if the world itself can withstand the damage when these icons become fallen idols. Justin Hartley leads an all-star cast voicing Superman, along with some an- Anson Mount as Batman, Zach Callison as Damian and Jimmy Olsen, Lauren Bailey as Lois Lane. Oh, that's, actually, that's actually a pretty good casting. Brian T. Daly as Green Lantern, Brandon Michael Hall as Cyborg, J- J- Jillian Jacobs as Harley, uh, Yuri L- L- Lowenthal as Mirror Master, Shazam, and Flash, Edward Hodge as Mr. Terrific and Killer Croc, and that's dope. Uh, isn't he going to be Hawkman in the Black Adam movie? Um, Fred Tatasciore T- T- as Captain Adam, Derek Phillips as Nightwing and Aquaman, uh, Anika Noni uh, Rose as Catwoman, Kevin Pollock as the Joker and Jonathan Kent, Ferran Tahir as Ra's al Ghul, uh, Reed Scott as a Green Arrow and Victor Saz Jeanette Varney as Wonder Woman, and finally, Andrew Morgato as Mirror Master Soldier. At the helm of this project is DC uh, J- Justice League Dark's Matt Peters as the animated film's director with a script written by Batman Hush, Ernie Altbacker. That's concerning. Jim Craig is set to produce the movie with Sam Rister as executive producer. The upcoming Injustice Movie experience from Warner Brothers will debut on October 19th. Oh my gosh, it's this close. It is that we are this close and I'm making a small hand gesture for, for those of you that are only listening on audio. We're this close to an, an to an animated justice movie. You will know that years and for pretty much every episode on the show, prior to the announcement, Lot and I have said, you know what they really should do is an Injustice animated movie because that would be dope. And there's so much potential there. That could be the, I, I think that what they should do is make this another animated y- universe they do. In other words, keep doing the Injustice movies and then do their current DCEU, if you will. I mean, DCAMU Don't continue the, the current DCEU because we want the Snyderverse and. Based on what I've seen so far, barring Suicide Squad, it hasn't exactly panned out that well. But this is, that's neither here nor there. So let's see, what's the time at 36? All right,
1: so now I talked about that. So,
0: okay, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Snyder Cut because here's the thing. So, I'm holding it in my freaking hand right now. Remember for four years when people would tell us, oh, it's a pipe dream, it's never gonna come out. There is no Snyder Cut. Um, it's right freaking here. It's hard to believe that we can go, to a, go out in the store, if you can find it, and pick up a copy of Zack Snyder's Justice League. I got the Blu-ray version. I plan on maybe at a future date get, getting the trilogy that has all the art prints and everything, if I can find it in the future. Not, not now. I'm I'm totally happy just having this. But, uh, yeah, so and don't even get me started on the Warner Brothers screw-up, where they put the trailer as unlisted. That is total BS, because they knew the trailer was going to, like, explode. But I'm not going to talk about that right now. We'll save that for next week because next week I have a friend coming on who is going to talk about the Snyder Cut. I've been trying to get her on for months, but our schedules didn't really align. But okay, so going back to the Snyder Cut. So it's one thing. It was one thing where I could just watch whenever I want because of HBO Max. But to hold it, that is a whole nother feeling. And it's a feeling that I keep getting every time I lift up that DVD. Because here's the thing, I have I'm gonna say this again for for the new listeners. What got me into comic books in this whole superhero world was the Justice League Unlimited uh, animated series. It that was my show for so many years. That's what got me into DC Comics, co- comic books in general. So being able that's why that superman scene where he le, where the axe lands and he goes not impressed and the league bash around steppenwolf that's why that affected me so emotionally because what zach was able to do is he was able to capture that feeling of the little jared in the hospital room taking comfort from watching the justice league destroy the latest villain that's what he was able to do. It's for Somehow, he's he was able to give me back that feeling. And you know what? Here's the thing. The interesting part about that movie is that, so you know how if you watch a scene over and over again, you lose that effect? I still get emotional, the exact same emotions whenever I watch all those awesome action scenes. And the story, really, the whole movie gets me emotional. Sick every single time. Somehow he's able to, he, he was able to make it that way. And that felt more like the Justice League because here's th- another reason why I get emotional and I was, just clicked when I was watching it recently. Because I got my Justice League back. Because 2017, as we all know, Craftus League came out. And that was, like I said before, basically the Avengers with Justice League skins. That was clearly not the Justice League. Aquaman was a surfer, bro. Flash was a coward. Cyborg was a Franken was not Frankenstein. He was a hunchback a Notre Dame walking character. Superman had a freaking fake lip. Wonder Woman was a sex object, and Batman made jokes. I'm like, oh no, no. Hell no, and Steppenwolf looked like a crappy CG character. So, when I watched the Snyder cut, I'm like, Oh, this is way better because yeah, Aquaman still maintains that mom man attitude. Which, by the way, so happy that was a Snyder thing. <laughs> I, when we were sitting down to watch it, we we're like, I really hope that my man moment's in there. And then, we, we, before it, Aquaman says, says it, when he's caught by a cyborg, l- lad's like, Shh. He's gonna say, is he, "Please say it, please say it, please say it." And then he goes, "Mom, man!" And then he's like, "Yes," because that's the lad's favorite line from that movie because it's so badass. Batman is more. I liked how they made Batman a little more hopeful, inspired by Superman, particularly when, like, they're leaving and then a Batman turns to Alfred and goes, "He'll be here. He'll be here. I know it." And then and then Alfred's like, "What makes you so sure?" And Batman's like, "Well, faith, Alfred. Faith." And he just goes off to fight wars, and then. I liked how the Flash got his moment by running back in time, freaking time, in one of the most visually stunning scenes I've ever seen in a DC movie. Cyborg got his moment, got a part of the movie, I think it was like part three or so, where it was like his entire backstory, and then he ends up also saying the iconic line for the movie, I'm not broken, I'm not alone. Wonder Woman was a freaking warrior. Even the Amazons, it's like when, when Hippolytus like, Uh, dogs with a mascara show them your fear and then they scream we have no fear I was like well that's 300 we finally got a satisfactory look at Dark Side, my favorite comic book antagonist of all time and then Superman so many people were really like angry with Snyder when he did Man of Steel because he showed because particularly Jonathan Kent like telling Superman to hide Because he well, when you look back on it, it's like because he knew that the world wasn't ready for him. But what was cool the way the way they did it here is so he comes back to life. He goes back to the Kryptonian ship to get the suit, but as he's doing that, in his head, he keeps hearing like like lines from Jor-El and and uh, his father going back and forth. And then, um, and then the the coolest. It's just then they have the new audio when he's in the black suit, and his father says, "I'm so proud of your son." Then he goes, a fl- a "Fly, Clark, it's time. Like it's finally time for you to reveal who you are." He even says, "You need to show them who you are now. It's time. You can do this now." And he just, whew, which actually is consistent when you think about it. Jonathan Kent is kind of consistent with. The way Superman was in Jeff John's Secret Origins, because here's, because in that Superman, he wasn't legit telling Superman to let people die. He was just saying, "Listen, you better be very sure of yourself when you reveal yourself to them. You better be very sure this is what you want to do, because once you, well, once you um take take the genie out of that bottle, it's not going back." So. But, that was one of the, so that's why it's really consistent because really what Jonathan Kent and Man of Steel was saying is be very sure this is what you want. Be very, very sure that, pick your moment carefully because, and we saw it as soon as it's out. It's like, Superman saves us. Superman saves us. You have to be very careful. He just wanted his son to be very careful because also he knew how the government would react to a god among men. So that's what the Snyder Cut really means to me. And I'm going to talk about it next week with my friend Elena. But that's why it was, besides the fact that that movie right there is the reason why I have this show right now. Because the story goes, and we did this in the one-year episode, That when the Snyder Cut was announced, I was in the middle of trying to figure out what I wanted to do for a podcast, because I wanted to have a podcast. I thought about doing politics, but I thought that would be way too divisive. And then when the Snyder Cut was announced, I started going through all my comic books for the first time in like a long time. And first, I rediscovered my love of comics. And then two, I was like, uh, when I Facetime Lad to talk about the Snyder Cut announcement, we were like, this is it, let's do this. I'll talk about comic books all day. Are you kidding me? And then, lo and behold, all this grows from that movie right there. All this. You're watching me right now. This show you're watching right now on this YouTube channel is because of that movie right there. That is that is why. That is why I will fight forever to get the... this. The Snyder vs. Restore because I owe this show this platform to, to that and I want to see it through I want to see what the rest of, what Snyder had, hadn't pla- had planned since the fact that it's just su- such a great movie I was surprised when I sat down to watch it I was like okay how good is this going to be How good is this really gonna be compared to the other one? I sit down and I'm like, oh, this is way better. This is holy moly better. I was extremely surprised. I was like, how is it this good? How the heck is it this good? Like, wow. And it also made me kind of angry because I'm like, you tell me we could have had this the entire time and Warner Brothers screwed it up? That's why I have no respect for Warner Brothers and I hope all those people involved get fired. Normally, I'm not like, not like advocating for people to lose their jobs, but yeah, these people deserve to lose their jobs. What they put this cast through, I do not want them in any type of leadership position. I 100% agree with, agree with Ray Fisher. So anyway, trying to, to end it on a high note because, yeah, I'm going to wrap it up now. So Shang-Chi was freaking dope. Oh my gosh. I I cannot even, oh I cannot, I can't overstate how good that movie was. I felt it was like one of the best. And it's definitely so far the best of the current phase, uh, I would say. Uh, but in terms of yeah it's definitely the best of the current phase and then and then yeah I want more Snyderverse <laughs> so yeah that's that that's gonna uh, wrap it up for us today guys I hope you guys enjoyed uh this episode of Under Two Capes we're going to uh to have some good programming coming up this weekend we're gonna record another one I'm gonna do another one and uh we're gonna Get the new show back up and running i'm just working on once again my schedule i've said this many times and then lad and i are gonna be working on improving the star wars show if you guys have any suggestions in terms of how to improve the channel drop them in the comments anything you guys want to see anything we could be doing better love to to, to get your guys' input and, uh, and again, also a- any topics you guys want to see, anything you want us to cover, just drop in the comments and the next episode will be that. We'll change our plans to talk about that. And uh, we'll be here n- next Wednesday for the, hopefully the spoiler, um, the spoiler Shang-Chi review. And uh, let's see, what else? What else? So yeah, the X-Men show also on Wednesday and then we'll, we're still working on what we want to do for Star Wars. Because now that we are uh, done with Bad Batch, we're still trying to check it out. But I'm thinking, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, once again, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Hope you guys have a good weekend. And we will see you on Wednesday for Under Two Capes and the X-Men. All right, guys. uh, Have a good night. And uh, stay heroic, everyone. Bye-bye.